16 words, Christmas. Might sound strange if you're not a part of the Northridge family, or if you've never heard that concept before, but, but our mission as a church is based upon just 16 words. Wake the world up to Jesus, show them his love, tell them his truth, involve them. And, and the reason we're calling this series 16 words, Christmas, is because we want people to know that every one of those words is simply an illustration of a call of action to what happened on that very first Christmas. And this weekend, we look at the importance of the idea that God wants us involved in his family and in his story. And I have to tell you, Christmas is just a beautiful celebration. It's gorgeous. The, the story, the decorations, the music, the gatherings. But, but don't forget that the most beautiful part of the story is this truth. Christmas changed everything. Christmas changed everything. When Jesus came on that first Christmas, God was making it possible for us to, an ex to experience an entirely different reality than the one we experience in this world without him. In, in fact, as I'm sure you know from experience, I know I certainly do in my life, our world tends to define us in very limited and very stark terms. Our world defines us as winners and losers, and our world defines us as insiders and outsiders. And as we've all discovered, there are very few winners and many losers and very few on the inside, and most of us are on the outside trying to find our way in. Just think about it. In almost every environment of life, most of us are forced to, to try and jockey for position. We, we're forced to struggle to find acceptance from someone in some environment where we literally have to work hard to, to get someone to notice us and to extend to us a sense of value. We, we have to fight to be one of a small number of winners in a world that seems to be so filled with losers of which most of us more identify. And it happens in every arena of life. It happens where it shouldn't happen. It happens in the context of our families, doesn't it? I mean, come on, I, I was raised in a family of four boys. I was number three of four. And if you don't think I was always jockeying position, you're, you're, all, you're wrong. I, it was an absolute competition that led to blood to get noticed by someone in that family. And in our, 
to get some kind of value, to get some kind of position in that family. And this is how it is. Siblings take sides against each other. If you have three kids, two are going to gang up on the one. This is how our world works. Someone's going to be isolated, and it won't always be the same ones. We all know what it's like to be on the outside looking in, wanting in the worst way to be on the inside. It even happens to those of you who were raised as an only child, you know, because here you are in this adult world with no other kids and you're having to jockey for position to get the attention of your parents and to get some kind of notice. And then when you go to school, you're trying to do the same thing because somewhere, someplace, someone needs to notice me. I need to be a part of a circle. And, and this is the world we live in. And in families, relationships can get strained, not just between siblings, but also between the parents. Marriage is a difficult thing where each person in the context of the marriage is often jockeying for position to be noticed, to be valued, to have their needs met. And it causes all kinds of hardship and darkness and it's not just between the parents but it can be between the parents and the children and on it goes and this is one of the reasons Christmas can be so hard for some of us as families gather it can simply kind of bring to the surface again a lot of those unresolved conflicts that we experienced in the family setting growing up or in the early days of our lives and here we are thrown right back into it again and that's why we go Merry Christmas, you know, because it's like we have to get with these people. And it's not just in families. It's, it's in our school experiences, right, where there are those who are in and the rest of us who are out. And we know what it is to be excluded and not noticed. And it happens in the workplace. Most of us experience that on a daily basis. It happens in our economic lives. I mean, it's a war between the few who have and the many of us who have not. And it happens, sadly, in the context of our religious experience. In many religious experiences, it's like there are a few on the inside who feel like they're important and better than everyone else on the outside. And you know when you come into that environment. And it's just sad, sad, sad. Because the result is that it makes most of us feel shut out. We feel left out. We feel unimportant. We feel passed over and disenfranchised and unaccepted. In the places we should be accepted, we feel unnoticed and unwanted and excluded. We feel rejected and forgotten. And at its worst, and I know many of us get here, we feel expendable. It makes the world a very dark place. And it makes those places where we look for love and light still very dark. And it's difficult to deal with. But... and. Here's what I want you to get. But Christmas changed everything. It really did. Christmas proved once and for all that though we live in a world that's made up of winners and losers and insiders and outsiders with God, that world doesn't exist. With God, we're all invited. With God, we're all seen and all valued and all remembered. With God, you are known and you are wanted and you are chosen. With God, he wants to listen to you. He wants you to reach out to him. With God, you are accepted and loved unconditionally. Here's the great Christmas verse. God so loved the world, he gave his son. He changed everything at Christmas. 
Think about Christmas story. It wasn't the few, but the many who were included in the Christmas story. People who were the shutouts, the castaways, the expendable at that time were included in the story. Poor people like Mary and Joseph. The shepherds, when God wanted to announce the coming of his son, the fulfillment of promise, when God wanted to reveal angels and have a choir of angels sing, he didn't go to Rome and to Caesar. He went to shepherds out in a field in the middle of nowhere, these little castaway kids, it seemed like. And God said, you're not cast away from me. And, and there were also people on the other side of the spectrum, the magi, the wise men, were people of great prosperity, which is why they could take this trip and give those gifts. And in God's story, everyone is welcome. In God's story, everyone is included. In God's story, every single person matters, even the messed up people like me. I mean, here's the story of Christmas. Look at 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a trustworthy saying. And this saying deserves the widest of audiences, full acceptance, embrace it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. The Apostle Paul wrote this. A guy who made a profound impact of bringing hope into this world was a person who himself knew he was the worst offender before God. He was the worst failure, one of the most broken people, and yet God wanted him in his unfolding story. And you need to know that God didn't come for those who had it all together. He came for those of us who have altogether fallen apart. Isn't that good news? He came for the broken and for the hurting and for the disenfranchised, for those of us who feel unwanted. Christmas changed everything. It introduced God's light into our world of darkness. God's light is his love and his hope and his peace and his joy into this world that's filled with so much hatred and bitterness, darkness. God's light invaded the darkness. That's the story of Christmas. Look at John 8, 12. Jesus said it. When Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And sitting here in the 21st century, so far removed from the original Christmas story, it's really easy for us to to miss this because we never lived in the world that existed before Jesus brought his light. We didn't exist in that world. And it was a very different world. There weren't charitable organizations where the haves gave freely and generously to the have-nots. It was a world where the haves devoured the have-nots. It was a world where the lucky few involved on the inside did everything they could to exclude and keep down those who were on the outside. Outsiders weren't valued because they weren't considered to have any value. So at best, they were stepped over, and at worst and most typically, they were stepped on. And this was even true in the world of religion. Because remember, this is what happened to Jesus. His own people turned on them. His own people turned on him. And I'm telling you, what makes the story of Christmas relevant to me is the reality that this world where people were shut out and felt like they were nobodies and expendable is the world where God came into and said, you are not shut out and you are not expendable to me. I love you enough to give myself for you. 
Christmas reveals the difference between our world and the way we've made it and God's world and the way he wants to make it. In our world, everyone's fighting for themselves and their own little circle of loved ones. It's a world of exclusion, insiders and outsiders, but God's world is a world where he's fighting for everyone. And I hope you'll listen to me on this Christmas Eve. He's fighting for you. It's a world of inclusion. None of the same rules apply. Why is God's world so different? Why is he for, us of all, for all of us? Well, it's pretty simple in the end because God made us all. He made us. And God loves each and every one of us because he made us with intentionality and with purpose in his image. And he made us to experience all the fulfillment of his promise in our lives. He made us all and he loves us all and he wants us all. And unlike in this world, he doesn't want us for what we bring to the table. He doesn't want us for how we can benefit him and then, then he can throw us away when we're no longer usable. He wants us for us. He wants us for what he can do for us. It's not what he wants from you. It's what he wants for you. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It's the picture of the story of Christmas. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, I'm, I only want you who deserve me to come. He says, I want you who are broken and falling apart to come. You who are disenfranchised, feel like you're expendable, those are the ones I want to come. With him, we don't have to jockey for position. We don't have to do crazy things to try and get his attention. We just have to come. And when we do, he can... He can pick up and put all the pieces of our lives back together again. And when we do, he can make us entirely new. Christmas changed everything. That's the story of Christmas. Light invading and forever eliminating the darkness. Hey, here's the meaning of Christmas. And this is the one I hope you walk away with after this service. God wants us. He wants us in his family. He wants us on his team. He wants us around his table. He wants us as his friend. He, he wants us coming to him, knocking and calling and asking. He wants us involved. Imagine in a world where people don't want us, he wants us. The God of this universe wants us walking with him and talking with him and sharing with him and serving with him and experiencing his promises. And yet, though Christmas has changed everything, much of our world and many of our lives are still very much the same, aren't they? I mean, most of us are still filled with darkness. And why is that? Well, you need to know it's not because you aren't invited, because you are. It's not because you're unloved, because you are. It's not because you've been excluded, because you aren't. It's because for whatever reason, we've chosen not to come. We've chosen not to accept his invitation. Imagine that. You see, we live in a world where we've been so treated and disenfranchised and pushed away that we've just learned how to push away and keep people at a distance and not to trust and not to believe. That's the world we live in and that's the people we've become. And the sad thing is we've, we've turned what we've learned towards God We've treated him like we've been treated. We've rejected him and shut him out. We've left him out. We've forgotten him. We've not trusted him. Think about this. He wants us at his table. 
but we don't want him around ours. And this is the reason that though Christmas changed everything for many of us in our world, nothing has changed. This is the reason that we don't know the promise of Christmas, love and fulfillment and joy and peace and light. It's because we've rejected him, we've stiff-tarmed him, and though he's real, his story for us is just a fairy tale. Look at, Jesus said it in John 3, 19. This is the verdict. Life to, light has come into the world. It's there. But people love darkness instead of light. They chose darkness instead of light. It's what they knew because their deeds were evil. What better time to change this one right now? Christmas Eve. Your life doesn't have to go on living as if nothing ever happened at Christmas. Living in darkness instead of experiencing the light. You can make the change on this Christmas Eve. God wants you involved in his story. God wants to be involved in your story. In all he's doing in this world, God wants to include you in his family. He wants you to experience the abundance of his promise. This is your moment. But you have to accept his invitation. You have to trust his promise. You have to let him forever change your world or nothing will ever change for you. John 1.12 says it, but as many as received him, opened their lives up to him by putting their faith, their trust in his promise, in his name, in his death for our sins, in his resurrection for new life. God gives them the right, the privilege of being called a child of God. You see, God's picked up teams. He's picked them up and picked them out. And he's picked you. He wants you in his family. He wants you around his table. He wants you experiencing all of his best in your life. But too many of us have said, we don't want you, God. No, thank you very much. But it can change now if you just trust him and receive him. And so before we go to our final segment of worship. I'm going to ask if you would just for a moment honor this minute and bow with me in a word of prayer. Would you do that? And as we bow in prayer, and I encourage you, those of you who are in our overflow here in Plymouth or anywhere you're watching, just bow with me in a word of prayer. And if you're already someone who knows Jesus' reality in your life, I hope you'll be talking to him and talking to him about this issue. But if you're here and you said, I've never experienced the darkness going to light. I've never experienced God invading my life with his love and his peace and his fullness. This is your moment. Pray with me. Take the words of my prayer and make them the expression of your heart, not out loud, but in your heart to God. Just say, Jesus, I believe you came. I believe you lived the life I failed to live, that you died on the cross, though it was my sins that deserved death and that you rose again to give me new life. And right now I'm receiving you. I'm putting my trust in your promise, giving you my sin and claiming your forgiveness and asking you to make me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just before I give you this final thought and we move back into worship, if you prayed with me, do yourself a favor and let us know. And here's why. We've put together information about next steps that you can take. And we also want to give you a Bible if you prayed with me. And it's easy to let us know. In the program that you were handed in all of our campus environments, there's a connection card inside. And all you have to do is fill that out. And there are two appropriate boxes. One says you prayed to receive Jesus the first time. If that's true of you, check it. The other says you renewed your faith commitment. If that's you, check it. 
And to get this back, you just take it out, put it in one of the boxes right outside of every exit from all of our campus settings and, and or give it to a guest service person and we'll send you that Bible and send you that information so that you can take steps forward in your relationship with God. But here's what I want to leave you with. When you accept Jesus' invitation, when you do get involved in a relationship with him, it's like stepping out of darkness and into the light. Because Christmas changed everything. Oh, 
can stay standing. Let's sing this together. 